we're back. All right. What's up? We're back. We're back from our long hiatus and deep breath with our tumultuous. Did I say it right? You did. You see tumultuous. tumultuous. Yes. Very tumultuous couple of months. Couple of months. By couple, we mean, I don't know, when was the last episode out? Six, seven months ago? I'm sorry. I, you know what? Life happens. It's cool. We're back. I know they missed us. At least a couple people did. I hope so. You know, I, I find it rather uplifting that even though we've been basically off air for, let's say, six months, because I don't know the exact date, mm-hmm. uh, we still are getting an average of 11 to 15 listens a week. Which for a fledgling podcast who only released <laughs> six episodes or whatever, uh, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I have. I feel positive. I feel good. Things are good. Like, I still feel like this is an awesome project and a yes. lot of people believe in it. Absolutely. And even though my body wants to die, it's fine. It's fine. You know, yeah. life's a beach. Life sometimes is you a get, beach. Sometimes you get sand in your crack. Sometimes you get sand in your JJ. If you've got one. And that's very inconvenient. That's why I say crack, because pretty much everybody's going to crack. Man, I remember one time I was getting ready to go to the beach with one of my partners. And literally, he said to me, we're not at the beach, and you already have sand in your vagina. I should have got out of the car and Ubered back. We were still in the apartment. No. I should have just, like, Ubered straight out of that relationship. But did I? <laughs> no. Because I was... Stupid and young. I just think about the bullshit I put up when I was several years younger that I would never, ever, ever of the life of me put up with or deal with now. I know, right? It doesn't make sense. Man, it feels good to have a little bit of self-respect. It's nice. It's kind of very nice. So nice. So wonderful. But anyway, so today I'm going to go ahead and jump right in her talk about what i'm gonna talk about today which is not probably not gonna be as long as an informative as pierce's might be but that's okay because that is the lovely difference in relationship and partnership that we have yeah it's nice it's very nice that's awesome it kind of sometimes it makes me think of my my favorite podcast is called morbid and it's um ash and elena and i kind of feel like you're kind of the Elena and I'm kind of the Ash for any of those people that... No? No one? No? True crime? Okay. The crickets? Yep. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> people definitely listen to true crime. I don't even like true crime podcasts and I still listen to some. Pretty awesome. We'll do some shout outs um, on our Instagram and whatnot on our favorite podcast that we like. But Right. Buddy trailing back to... I'm going to talk about today... The most common STI in the world. If you were to take a guess of what that was, what would you think it is? Crabs. No. Oh. <laughs> Why do we keep talking about crabs? I don't know. I, I have a secret up. to tell you. To tell me? Mm-hmm. Walmart's got a special on crabs right now. It's just like, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Crab legs are like my favorite food in the world. It's unfortunate that you said crabs, and I immediately was like, (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not that appetizing. (laughs) Okay, now the actually the most common STI in the world is 
Yeah. Oh, human pickle virus. Human papilloma virus. I'm sorry, I'm tongue-tied, and my parents didn't fix it when I was a kid. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell us how you really feel. (laughs) Oh, honey, I will. (laughs) But HPV is, I did not know this, the most common STI in the world. And actually, I did find out, too, that India has the highest rates of HPV and apparently um, is the leading killing cancer in India is cervical cancer. And that relates back to HPV, coming back to what I'm talking about, because HPV is actually just a virus that um, with humans is caught sexually through sexual contact. Um, it can be in animals too. Um, ask, ask me questions or else I'm gonna, I'm not gonna direct this very well. (laughs) All right. Well, first off, I have to ask, why is it the most common? That's a good question, Pierce. Well, thanks, Bells. It's probably the most common, just probably just from stigma and uneducation about ways to prevent this fucking easily caught virus. Can it be transmitted through like oral sex and stuff like that too? Yes. Okay. It can. So like dental dams for yes. oral sex are yeah. wise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that's actually interesting because so when you think of HPV, who do you what who do you who are the type of people you think that would catch that have this? Uh, women in the you know. Social, no, let me just back that up and say, yeah, female-bodied individuals, female-genital individuals. Yes, and that's interesting you say that because it is actually a great risk to young boys and men as well. But do you ever fucking hear about people talking about boys and men needing to get vaccinated for HPV? No. Nope. Does it affect men? Yes, it can. Because, once again, it is a virus, and it can cause, like, penile and anal cancer. If you catch, if you get the virus. Such a terrifying thought, penis cancer. Like, yeah. holy, I mean, like, testicular cancer, you're like, yeah, fine, lob them off. I don't, I don't care, I'll get testosterone injections or something, I don't know. But penis cancer is terrifying it sounds Um, like a cruel joke from mad tv yep apparently males are more likely to get oral penile or um there's there's a oropharynx i can't say it but it's like basically the back of the tongue tonsil soft palate side back wall throat um you can actually get hpv and get the cancer strain and get a and can get an overgrowth of cells in those areas and get cancer in those areas from hpv there was somebody famous, Michael Douglas, maybe? No clue. Uh, yeah, I remember this clicking now. So it was like some famous actor, I want to say Michael Douglas, we'll check in the fact check later, um, that got throat cancer from HPV. I remember that yeah. now. I, I, damn, I, did, I shouldn't have, I didn't think to Google things like that. I'm not, yeah, anyway, that's really interesting. Yeah. I'm going to add it to our chalkboard yes, of fact I was going to point to be like, hey. But yeah, but it's interesting because until I started doing research for this presentation that I'm doing right now, I did, didn't click 
that it would be a great risk to males. Like I met um, a trans female um, who had HPV, so um, obviously male-bodied individuals could get it, but it still didn't really click much. I don't know. It was still, yeah. <laughs> it was very fascinating to me to find out that um, young boys should also be getting vaccinated. Interesting. Yeah. So what are the age restrictions on vaccines? Like, I know most vaccines Ooh. are done, like, as a baby and stuff like that. Like, Yes. Is there I've, a cutoff? Yes, actually. And I wanted to talk about that because what the fuck? I'm too old to get vaccinated. Wait, you're like... I'm 27. Man, I should know that. <laughs> uh, wait, so what's the cutoff? So, um, apparently it's recommended um, ages between ages 9 and 26. After the age 26, it is proven that the vaccine does not work as well. It doesn't really work. So, so you... what the fuck, Mom? So you could get it, but the chances of it working are slim to none. From my understanding, and I could be completely wrong. Please, please tell me I'm wrong. Maybe you that's some, yeah. Maybe can. that's something you should talk to your gyno about. Yeah. Oh my God, she's Russian, and I just don't think that I can. <laughs> Why? Just because of the language barrier? Or? Oh my God, and I... <clears throat> we go to the same doctor's office, right? Yes. I think you and Sierra might have the same gyno. Yeah. Fuck that. Okay, no, no, no. All right, okay. The gynecologist is all right, but there is a language barrier, and also I, of course, I'm one of those people that don't have have insurance, and this is, like, not like it's a bad doctor office. Like, it takes insurance and not insurance, but it's, like, sliding scale, and it's, like, hard to get an appointment, and there's only one gynecologist, and it was all right, but I have a lot of problems, and I have a lot of pain from my period that triggers my cvs it makes me very sick and i can't really take incense for it and i tried to be like hey can you give me i was like i'm having pain and issues and she was like take ibuprofen and i was like well i can't really take that because i have cyclic vomiting syndrome and she's like what is that and i was like how do you you don't know what that is and she was all i'm not a stomach doctor i'm a lady doctor and i was like <laughs> okay fine touche <laughs> but and i was like well I can't take ibuprofen, so I was wondering if you could tell me what else, or if you could pre prescribe me something else. And her immediate response was, well, I'm not giving you narcotics. And I'm like, bitch, I don't want narcotics for one. The motherfuckers make me nauseous, and they make me constipated, and I'm not trying to deal with either one of those fucking bitches. And you're telling me there is nothing else that you can prescribe me that's not an NSAID to help my cramps. Yes, there is, you fucking bitch. And that is my bunny trail of why I'm pissed <laughs> off. And my gynecologist, and another reason why fucking women's health care, the industry in general, is just fucking bullshit. <sighs> I'm going to have to take your word for it. And I do because you're a woman and you know these things. Yes. Although, I will say, she did compliment and tell me I had a very wonderful, beautiful, lovely cervix. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember you saying that. <laughs> You just be walking down the street thinking, oh, my cervix is better than hers. Yep. And oh, she was like, wow, wonderful, beautiful cervix. And I like look at the assistant and I'm like, what do I do with the information? <laughs> what do I do with this information? I have such, for anyone used to know, apparently I have a very beautiful, clean, nice cervix. Nice. Cool. No STI is great. But... I kind of want to get one of those little probing cameras and just no. take a look for myself. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See, see, folks, when you hear a no, you say, okay. 
No, but what it get out. <laughs> anyway. That's it. No means no. The end. <sighs> okay, so I need to go back to what the fuck I was talking about. Yep. I've lost it, obviously. But I feel like everything human I just pickle said virus. was relevant. Yes, human pickle. Human, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so this virus was first seen... First seen in a lab in about 1956, but actually discovered and found as one of the virus strains that causes cervical cancer in 1983 by a German guy called Harold Zurhausen, of course. Hausen. <laughs> okay. Harold Zurhausen found it in a lab and with a team in the 80s. And, um... So do you know how many uh, the virus variants can cause cancer? I do not. Okay. I know that... We'll have to look that up I'm for the fact so check. Far, I, feel, I feel like there are like two major ones, okay. but there are so many. Like Apparently there's over like 40 different strains. 40 strains of one virus. And of course, unfortunately, I was getting different information from different sources that sure. were all from textbooks from college, and I looked in like an index for um, one of the universities here, like Mandy's. Yeah. Okay. So we'll I have to had... check the Mayo Clinic. I know their yeah. stuff's pretty up to date. I got a lot of my information from Mayo Clinic. Yeah. So I got a lot of information from published health books and stuff, but I mean, as over time, there's more information. and Right, right. Yeah. So from... What I could be possibly wrong, but from my understanding and my research that I did briefly with these books and stuff, there were 40 types of strains and like 100 virus types. And I got that from scienceblog.cancerresearchuk.org. So there'll be a link in our show notes on sure. our page, link in the description. Yep. And then the 40 strains I got in a global um, women's health like book. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, there is no actual test for HPV, also. Do you know why? Nope, there's no actual test, and there's actually no actual cure. But, it's no test, but the way you find out you have HPV is just through a routine pap smear. Is, you know, they take a sample of tissue of, like, your cervix. Okay. And they look at it under a microscope and shit. Make sure all the tissue and cells are going, doing their job, working, whatever. I don't think they're doing that, but I'm just making stuff up. But basically make sure it looks okay. But well, Can you tell us briefly, when you wrap up what you're saying, what a uh, pap smear is? Because I, I know that it is a check of the vaginal cervical error yeah. but that's as much as i know yes um it's a little bit it's a little bit of an invasive procedure but it typically is quick and not too bad um it's recommended that most females especially when they um, start being sexually active or once they just reach a certain age in general they should start just doing it um basically a gynecologist or doctor takes a look briefly inside so, there's so it's like, just a visual check, or is there a scraping, snipping? Um, there is a little bit of that. So they sometimes will insert like a little, like a finger or two, and like press down on your stomach to check, like make sure everything feels okay. And they will um, sometimes put a speculum on the inside and open it a little bit. The duck bills of death. Yes, that. <laughs> open up, 
and there is a light and they do take a little bit of look around and they also will take a little scraping little tissue sample doesn't really hurt it's a little bit of pinch of a pressure and they test it for common STIs and to take a look for um, HPV essentially okay. to, to make sure they the tissue and cells look according to the book but if they see a something weird or abnormal or a growth Abnormal cell growth, etc. Um, from my understanding, that can be is HPV. Okay. And I actually had a close friend that had it, mm -hmm. and I consulted them because I was like, "Hey, help me with this research thing that I'm doing." And they actually ended up not giving me a lot of information, but in a good way because I found out that they had said that they didn't have it anymore, and I was like, "What do you mean you don't have it anymore?" And they were like, "Yeah, it went away." So the good news is. Even if you catch it and have it, there are chances that most of the time, like 50% of the time, your body and immune system will fight it off and it will go away like a normal virus. Okay. So this person had no symptoms, had no idea, just came up in a routine pap smear. And basically they just, I think every couple of months, just went for a pap smear. And then eventually it no longer showed up. Hmm. They didn't have to do anything special, didn't have to do anything for it um but if you have a strain that is the type that gives you genital warts it's basically just aesthetic problems okay it doesn't really cause you know i don't think are they painful like I, uh i i don't really i think for the most part they're like small and like can be flesh colored and not as big of a deal. And again, if you if anyone has had this, please email in or send us and tell us if we're so fucking wrong and if they're <laughs> very painful. But for the most part, from my understanding, I don't think that they're painful. I think it's just an aesthetic issue. Okay. So there are late like treat I think like laser treatments, there are topical gels and things you can do to make yourself feel better about how it looks, but there actually is like no cure but i think it can go hmm. into remission or if you have genital warts sometimes they're like on the inside or flesh colored or more closer to the vaginal opening gotcha. so not really as much as noticed i do believe so like um basically but, if other aside well, from they can't, well they, apparently they can be sorry my notes that has says clustered sores or like blister like but okay yeah, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so it it could have a similar presentation to like HSV. Perhaps, but I think they present differently. Okay. But they they certainly could. I'm not honestly not sure. Hmm. I I feel like I did a HSV versus HPV thing image search or something, but I I can't remember. So. Basically, like, my, some of my points to make are, reality, I literally wrote in my notes, reality check, HPV isn't just in young, promiscuous young girls, as my parents kind of made me believe. It's, you know, from research, young boys and men and young women, everybody, everyone's basically at, at risk of this virus. Interesting. Well, that's definitely kind of surprising. I mean, the 
in any of your research, did you come across anything that talks about like how often there are symptoms? I, from my, I feel, again, I feel like a lot of it, there aren't a lot of symptoms. Okay. I feel, and once again, please check, come check myself, but I feel like people that have it are often in remission and it's, there aren't warts, there aren't, it's not a thing and it really doesn't have to be that big of a deal. You just have to use protection and be safe and honestly you might be at more risk and may have already been exposed and not even know. Do you think the lack of symptoms is uh, one of the reasons that it spreads so easily and has become the most common? Yeah, I very much so believe that. I think between the stigma and the uneducation and people don't talk about it like, oh, no, it's, it's like even me not knowing as a young person thinking it was just an STI, people being promiscuous and, and only just sluts and whores get sleeping STIs. around. Yeah. But I'm just thinking about, again, coming back to me now, I am over the age of where it's recommended me get vaccinated, but I am now at risk because I, with the lifestyle I potentially will have or do have, if I'm sleeping with other partners, other people, like I'm not in a situation that my parents assumed I was going to be in as a young girl. Yeah. And it's also interesting to me, the difference between America, the United States of America, their health system and how they treat it, and other places such as like Canada, because while I was doing research, I actually, for fun, typed in HPV podcasts or episodes or whatever about podcasts, or podcasts about HPV, etc. and Spotify. I didn't find a whole lot, but I did come across a very small, obscure podcast that apparently a health class with some students in Canada (laughs) were doing and recorded this small thing we're talking about HPV and I actually found a little bit interesting it was called Health 202 it was in Canada and it had multiple different people of ethnic ethnic backgrounds and apparently in Canada in schools young girls they provide the vaccine in the school to the students they just go to the nurse's office and get the vac? Yeah, like it's common. Like literally people just line up and you get it. Huh. And it's like free and provided. You could say yes or no. But it was fascinating to me that one of the girls talking the podcast was like, yeah, I got it. But it was just like, oh, it's a virus. Yeah, you should be vaccinated against it. Right? Go get it. It was just a normal vaccine that they got. It wasn't a big deal. Now, in America, here with me when I was young, it was, oh, it was a big deal mm. and kind of taboo to get them. And it was like a horrible big deal. So, oh, I can't believe you would put your daughter through getting that vaccine. It's really not a big deal. You why can't is see it, my eyes rolling, but they are. Yeah, why is it such a big deal? And it was just so fascinating to me. And one of these girls that were talking was actually a Muslim Canadian. And... She had a very similar situation as me. Her family directly correlated HPV to having sex. So in their mind, no, you're not having sex. You don't need to get that. And the girl even said, it's not about having sex. It's about cancer. Right. This is about cancer. And it's so frustrating that parents and the religious background and religious stigma think that they're doing the right thing per what they believe, but they are putting their children at risk 
for yeah. in the future. Yeah, absolutely. What if, and even the horrible situation of what if someone gets assaulted? Right. I mean, theoretically. Even though that is very low and very rare statistically. Sure. Anything can happen. And then you're at risk because it's like, well, mom and dad, I didn't choose for this to happen, but now I'm still more at risk. Right. So. Yeah. It's just so interesting how parents' cultures, religion, and values directly affect other people. Yeah, it's a sad, sad truth. Yep. But the other thing that was interesting was even with these Canadian people talking, they even said they only saw girls lining up to get the vaccination. Mm. They never saw this one girl saying she never saw boys or you know, male-bodied people lining up for right. it. Even though it was recommended that everybody should be getting it. Seriously, it seems ridiculous that everybody wouldn't. Yep. So, some points to make. I want to figure out why is there a stigma about fucking HPV? Are people scared of HPV because of cancer? Or are they scared of it because of the fucking wart fear? Or just because it's an STI? Right. That's pretty much what I what I feel like. That's what it is. After my research and reading, I come down to... It can be a big deal, but is it really that big of a deal? No. <laughs> and I think that's the case with pretty much all STIs. Like... Barring a few that can cause real damage, like, you know, hepatitis and HIV and stuff like that, that are, you know, severely immunocompromising, uh, all of it is just a matter of stigma and bullshit. I mean, you know, you get crabs, you get a cream, and you wash your junk. You know? (laughs) (laughs) You wash it, you nasty, hose it down. You get chlamydia. You take a fucking, you know, antibiotic, etc. Mm-hmm. Simple, simple shit that is normally pretty easily avoidable. I mean, there are some things like HSC, which I'm going to talk about shortly, uh, that are harder to avoid even with proper personal protective equipment. Yeah. Um, but most of it is all bullshit stigma and fear mongering due to oppressive religious bullshit. Yep. It all stems from that. Yep. I just... I really feel like with this situation and me personally and listening to a few other girls talk about it a lot of it came down to religion yeah we are not protected because of our parents religious beliefs basically for sure yep so my mom was like oh no my daughter's not having sex (laughs) i mean granted i i wasn't as a young girl young teen but how old were you when this all went down um, when I first heard about it, um, I was probably around 15 or 16. Okay. So you were, what, three, two, two, three years off from... When I started doing it? Yeah. Yeah! It's crazy how much can change in those first couple of years, in those couple of years after, you know, 16, things really start kicking yeah. into overdrive. I mean, so your I started hormones knocking and boots when I was 18. So. Hey, yo! Hey, yeah. <laughs> Hope you didn't get mud anywhere. No, just oh, different kind of knocking hey, boots. Gotcha. That can be fun. Yeah, redneck. Yes, <laughs> redneck. I have no shame. I mean, I, the town I grew she up in is. I mean, Mandy grew up in a redneck town. I grew up in a redneck as fuck town too. So you know. Just means I like getting dirty. 
Ooh. Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. <sighs> well, is there anything else you have to say about the innocuous, uh, for the most part? Well, I do have some funny notes about how I was I, I was do- researching at like 2, 3 a.m. and getting really delirious. So I Googled. <laughs> that sounds fun. I typed in. I typed in animal papillomavirus and it came up to fibro papilloma and giraffes which is just huge growth things on its neck and then my googling brought me to a picture of a rabbit with antlers coming out of his face (laughs) all right and then it said and then i put a note that said it's just warts y'all typically not cancerous (laughs) well that's good so, it's a virus. Like, animals, that's why there's human papillomavirus, because it started out, they found it in this, these growths in animals. Hmm. It's a virus. Everything is just a genetic, ridiculous mutation. The right bat drops the right piece of mango, then the fucking pig eats it, then half the world dies. The butterfly effect of viruses. How it goes. (laughs) Positivity. Awesome. Well, we're gonna go to a quick commercial break, and then we will back. Commercial break. We fancy now. Yeah. So, and then we'll come back, and I'll talk a little bit about HSV, the dreaded herpes. Hey, Bells, when was the last time you had an STI screening? Uh, June, actually. Okay, me too. Did you go to a doctor's office or did you do one of the mail-in kits? Uh, I went to the doctor's office because I didn't know there was another option. Oh, there totally is. So I did my test in a doctor's office about June as well, but I had some conflicting results, so I decided to do some further testing and research. I found letsgetchecked.com. They were exquisite. It's a very simple little kit. You buy the kit, they mail it to you, you take a blood sample, you send it back, and they hit you back in two to five days with results. Okay, that's kind of blowing my mind right now because I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, it's totally amazing. And if you have questions like I did after I got my new results, you're able to call them and talk to them and ask them questions, and they were really helpful. So you said that you talked to, like, an actual, like, nurse, like... Yeah, I talked to a nurse, and they didn't have the answer I was looking, or weren't able to really explain it the way I needed to understand it, so they even bumped me up the chain to a nurse practitioner, and they laid it down in real simple terms, and it was awesome. That's pretty cool. It that is great. It like they're really looking out for their people there. They really are. And in talking to them, I mentioned that I had a podcast about sex, and... Mm-hmm. They got really excited about it. So we were able to hook up with them and join and get our listeners a coupon code. Yeah, because we love you guys. All three of you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So if you go to letsgetchecked.com and any of the tests, it doesn't have to be sexual health tests. They have uh, hormone tests and allergies and all kinds of things. There are so many things. Like, if you really don't feel like going to a doctor office or if you don't have insurance or are really just looking for other options and other answers, this is a really good way for you to go. Absolutely. So, if you decide to check it out, 
It's letsgetcheck.com and use the promo code BOOTYITBB. So B-O-O-T-Y-I-T-B-B. Mm-hmm. And that'll get you 20% off at checkout. All right. And we're back. And I'm going to talk about HSV. HSV. You know what the HSV is? What the the HSV is? The herps. The herps. The herpes. Herpes. Okay. The scariest, most vile, disgusting, slutty disease that's ever existed. But not really. Do you know you can get herpes on your finger? Yes. Yep, there's a there's a word for it, and I'm blanking on it, but it's in my notes somewhere. You're welcome. Um, so there are a lot of bullshit and mm-hmm. miscommunications and misnomers about HSV, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to talk about a few of those because it pisses me off. Please do. Yes. Tell me about your passion. So HSV is a very simple disease. It's herpes simplex virus. There keyword simplex, simplex. simple. Yeah. There there are multiple varieties of HSV. The two most common in related to sexual activity are HSV1 and HSV2. Common uh, first common myth is that HSV1 is exclusively lips cold sores and stuff like that. Uh, HSV2 is exclusively genital warts. And even I thought that forever until like the past year. But it turns out that either simplex can show up at either place. Yeah, And they they are not the only herpes. Uh, Chicken pox is the style. uh, It's one of the simplexes. Uh, really? shingles is one of the simplexes hmm. yep and if you've had chicken sense. pox you have shingles like it's already in your system damn it god shit i've had it twice yep Ooh, that's an that's unusual yep i'm an unusual case well that's true yeah <laughs> in the best possible way i mean sure <laughs> we'll say it's the best all right <laughs> So one of the first things that comes up for me when I'm talking about HSV is the testing. There are two different test styles for HSV that are commonly, more commonly prescribed. So it's not just like a swab of your privates or a blood sample? So it can be those types, but if you do not have a current outbreak, you can get a blood test to see if it is dormant in your system. Uh, in what's known as the prodrome state, which basically just means it's chilling in your nerve clusters. It can be the trigeminal nerves in your face, like right in front of your ear, like between your eye and your ear. What the fuck? Yep, on the side of your face below your temple. That's where the trigeminal nerve lives. And that's where... Uh, so that's like the end of it is like your lips or mouth? Is that why yeah, yeah, it's you a, break out there? Yep, exactly. So it will travel down the nerve cluster to your uh, lippy area and can perform little dances across your lips there or it's in the sacral uh cluster so basically that's uh down around your your waist and hip area your sacral joints so that nerve cluster (laughs) no that's salivary 
Oh. I know. I'm just confused. I work in a medical field. What is wrong with me? Uh, so that's why I can show up on your genitals is because that nerve cluster leads to your genitals. Hmm. So when you go to get tested, there are two different types. The IgG test and the IgM. Now, these are tests for the IgG or IgM antibody. Um, antibodies are your you know, kind of their coast guard inside your body. They're the ones that are fighting off the invading germs. They help take care of things and protect you. Now, uh, IG stands for immunoglobulin. Immunoglobulin? I knew you were going to do it, and now I'm going to do it. Immunoglobulins? <laughs> the immunoglobulins? <laughs> Fuck you, Bells, you dumb butthead. <gasps> yeah, I said it. I said it. You're an immunoglobulin. Yeah, you're an immunoglobulin blah blah head. Is that French? No. <laughs> Control your woman. Uh, no. Who are you talking to? <laughs> no. Yeah. And besides, if I was able to control her, she would be no fun and I'd be out of this relationship. <laughs> hey, I'm fun. Sure. So, <gasps> <laughs> podcast co I mean, I could probably do it on my own. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> As three <laughs> drops to like 0. 0.5. Followers. Oh. Making a, making a callback to your ah. joke earlier. I forgot. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, the IgM is the most common type of test that you can get. Uh, the M type immunoglobulin is <laughs> what? I, I fucking hate you <laughs> I fucking hate you so much you love me <laughs> love me the M type is the first kind of defense it's a it's a multiple kind of cluster of the um, antigens that are grouped together and that kind of fights off a majority of new infections. Okay. A G type is a more long term. So think of the M as kind of like the paramedics. They're gonna, like you know, the people at the front line. Yes. There's the people at the back of the, 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 yeah. Yep. And then the G is your more specific. So think of like a specialized neurosurgeon or a cardiologist, something okay. like that. It's like specific instead of a generalized fighting off shit. Specific to. Yes. Sure. So um, the IgM test can leave you with more unanswered questions and may even lead to misdiagnosis. And that's the most common one that doctor's offices yes. typically do? Uh, it is cheaper. So a lot of times they uh, just go to that one because it has a higher like price point or like a, a markup. So it's a cheaper test to do and they charge roughly the same for versus mm -hmm. the IgG. But it, because it has kind of a broader spectrum, it can pick up on things and give you a false positive. So okay. whereas an IgG looks very specifically for the type of the herpes um, simplex virus. Yes. So and the uh, IgM is also going to be a combined test. So if you get an IgG and in my case, showed positive. But it couldn't tell me if it was simplex 1 or simplex 2. 
and I had no idea what I was dealing with. And this was new news with you in June, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so, so you had no symptoms, no inkling. Never, to my nothing. knowledge, have ever had an outbreak or anything like that. Wow. So I was very, very confused. That's when I got a hold of Let's Get Checked. And Did you feel, like, scared? Or no? Like, how did you feel? Like, you know, I felt... What was your internal feeling and reaction to it? I had some conflicting feelings because, you know, doing this and being, you know, sexually progressive, there's a certain level of kind of knowledge I already had about herpes. So it was kind of like, all right, well, this was an inevitability. I mean, as much sex as I have, like, I should probably, you know... But surprised I was You're like, well, it's about time. Right, basically. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I mean, yes, it was a little kind of like, ooh, now I have to like address this and talk to my partners about it and all that stuff, and that was a little bit terrifying. But You're the... like, now it has to be a thing. Right. So, so you're more scared of talking to people about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Versus the like stigma thinking. is so much more horrible than the actual virus the virus doesn't actually do much of anything so it's not affecting you at all really no you get bumps sometimes you get but, a rash sometimes you, oh me no i had no effect from it whatsoever. no effect no except a piece of paper that says right you that you probably might have something going on exactly so probably might into doing research uh i found let's get checked i uh contacted them and said hey is this a type one or you know type one two specific or is it a combined test and they said we do the igg it's a specific test it'll test you for one and test you for two so when you did that my results were negative what the fuck right so what the hell (laughs) i'd be like flipping my doctor's office table over listen here you motherfuckers you almost changed my life well, or did you? They did. So even though the IgG test showed negative, the IgM test still carries some weight. So without taking what's known as the uh, Western blot test, which is that just makes you think of mosquitoes because West Nile. Right. What well. So the Western blood test is typically used uh, in HIV testing because there's so many different strains of HIV. So is it just like a blood sample and they're looking at the blood cells under a microscope, like that type of thing? Like what the fuck's a blood test? Um, so basically it's the same type where they're testing for um, the different IGs, the immunoglobulins. Immunoglobulins? And- <laughs> A little looking for the immunogoblins. Please, everybody, send mean messages to Bells on Instagram. What? Um, for for the for mess- are cute. <laughs> are they? They could be green and scary. Someone draw let's me pre- an immunogoblin. Let's what? pretend. Yes, send us pictures of immunogobulins. <laughs> oh God <laughs> damn you, fucking shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I might be annoying little. I need a drink. You got go make one. I'm too lazy. <laughs> um. So back to my story. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Western blot test will test very specifically for all the different antibodies associated with it, instead of just your primary okay. kind of idealized. So um, Western blot just for HSV. 
Uh, no, it's not just for HSV. It is most commonly used for diagnosing um, HIV because HIV has such kind of a broad spectrum, much like HPV uh, having over 40 types or up to 40 types. Yeah. HSV also has multiple strains. So, uh, but because it's such a, a specific test, it's not offered by most doctor's offices and if it is it's often not covered by insurance so if i were to get it it would cost me upwards of fifteen hundred dollars out of pocket which is fucking insane how much it might cost me to get an iud that my gynecologist won't even talk to me about because he said it was thousands of dollars i hate the medical institution yep that's uh, that's why we need uh, single payer insurance. Ayo, Medicare single for all. payer healthcare. So, uh, I wonder what my political views are. <laughs> another thing that is important to know if you go in for an HSV test is to talk to your doctor and make sure that you are getting the IgG test if you are getting. An HSV test. Yeah, because I kind of feel super jipped and educated because last two years when I've gotten tested, I've been like, test me for everything and given blood and whatever, but not knowing that, am I really fucking tested for everything? Nope. No! A HSV tests are not include are not, and I repeat this loudly, are not included in standard H uh, STI testings. They, you must specifically, you must specifically ask for the HSV test or you will not get it because it is a more expensive test. And because the CDC does not even recommend people getting an HSV test, they specifically uh, the CDC and Mayo Clinic Labs are both urging doctors and labs to discontinue the use of the IgM tests for HSV. They're probably like kind of misdiagnosing people. Yes. A lot. Yep. And it causes, you know, it's, it's just a, another... It shouldn't be stigmatized, but how many relationships did that ruin? Yeah, I was terrified of how my, you know, relationships were going to go because... One of my partners, who, frankly, I feared the worst reaction, took it really, really well, and I was really gracious, you know, grateful and appreciative. Um, but it was a terrifying, terrifying few days on like trying to figure out how to address this and like educating them, and it was it was kind of a shit show, and it was terrifying. Yeah. I wish I had just gone straight for the IgG test or known better. So for those of you who are interested in getting tested for HSV, herpes, please make sure you're getting the right kind of test. Or do it with let's get checked. Cause... Yes, it's a great opportunity. And yeah. if you use our code, you can get a little discount on there. Ooh, and I it like helps discounts. us out. It helps us out getting a new microphones helping pay for our uh, podcast storage and hosting and advertising and all that fun stuff so because we real broke over her mm -hmm. so we'd really really appreciate your help anyway 
Just going to pretend like I'm a famous podcaster that has lots of money. I don't know how that works or if it ever will, but cool. So the main way to contract, uh, an out, or well, not the main way, the most obvious way would be to have contact with a herpes sore. Most people would see bumps on the lip or on the genitals and be like, mm, how about we wait? Mm-hmm. That's the right course of action to do. But during the shedding stage, which is the part where the dormant uh, virus resting in your nerve clusters starts to reproduce, and then they go, the virus moves its way down the nerve channels and causes an outbreak. Or sometimes doesn't cause an outbreak, but still moves down that nerve channel. During that stage is known as shedding. At that point, you can contract HSV and have no idea that your partner has it or that they are shedding. There is no way to tell if someone is shedding. It just happens when it happens. So the spread of HSV is growing rapidly because of the prodrome and shedding stages where the virus is dormant for the most part, and not causing an actual outbreak of the infection. The virus can manifest with lesions on the gum, the palate, tongue, lips, and facial area. Sufferers also may experience fever and swollen lymph nodes. An initial infection outbreak usually will heal within two to three weeks, with subsequent outbreaks clearing up and about a week before returning to the dormant state. That can vary depending on your current uh, immune system. So like if you're on immunosuppressant or something, that can definitely cause those to last longer. So someone, for instance, who has Crohn's or some other autoimmune disorder and they're on Humira or something like that that's immunosuppressant, you can have more frequent or longer outbreaks. Uh, general infections may also be asymptomatic upon primary infection, yet often cause ulcers or pustules. These, uh, these lead, I thought you, you had a look on your face like you were going to say something. So. No, I'm just taking, I'm thinking about how like a lot of people that have HSV, like we talk about never have any symptoms or outbreak or I know one person that has it that had one outbreak ever mm-hmm. and it has never and like just thinking about this person right now I'm not trying to interrupt but talk about how there's such a stigma about it this person like found out that they had it and basically felt like they had to take sex completely off the table yeah yeah it's sad and they had not had any outbreak they just probably live in that fear and apparently have the same fucking Russian doctor that I do. Right. All us sluts out here with no insurance. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whatever. Um, yeah. She asked her doctor, what advice can you give me? And her doctor was like, uh, so use condoms. Yeah. And condoms can only be partially effective because That's all you can fucking tell me. Thanks doctor. Yeah. If shedding occurs, uh, it not only happens on, say, the penile shaft or the vaginal canal, it can happen on the mons pubis, 
It can happen all around, and all it takes is a glance. A glancing touch can deposit a shedding cell onto a new partner and basically instantly infectious, especially uh, around mucous membranes like mouth mm -hmm. um, and genital areas. Where it soaks up stuff. Yes. Um, so in... The, so the lesions may appear on biological females, on the labia, both majora and minora, the mons pubis, the vaginal mucosa, or even the cervix. With biological male genitals, the most common place for the outbreak of lesions is on the shaft of the penis, but can also spread to the corona, mons pubis, and scrotum. So what's like your... Telling me some technical stuff here. Mons pubis, yada yada. Uh, mons pubis is basically where your pubic hair grows. Yep. Um, the vaginal mucosa is, for lack of a better term, the slimy inside part of a vault, <sighs> uh, vagina. How to say slimy? You mean welcoming and inviting? Yes, the the self lubricating, wonderful, warm, happy, joyful, <laughs> joyful tunnel of love. <laughs> I said. Welcoming, whatever, and then Mandy said, "If you're doing it right, <laughs> good point." Anyway, uh, but the the virus can also cause outbreaks on the anus, um, so around the butthole and butt cheeks and all that jazz, the taint, all Damn, that Damn, fucking stuff. sitting down. Fuck. Right. Well, see, that's the thing is like the bumps are not always painful. Sometimes they can be like an open sore, and then sometimes they just look like a collection of little whiteheads. Huh. It's real weird. Interesting. Yeah, it just depends on the the severity of the outbreak, the immune system, as well as whether or not you're scratching them and picking at them and shit like that. Huh. So, um, reactivation is pretty normal. Uh, same or similar to you know your HSV one traditional uh, oral herpes. Uh, the first outbreaks can last two to three weeks. Second outbreaks and sort of subsequent outbreaks can last a weekish, and then they kind of go back into their prodrome dormant state. You say prodrome dormant? Can you? Prodrome is the state in which um, the virus kind of retreats up to the nerve clusters or it activates basically yeah that's what well, well that's where or it's like, like remission kind of like remission um but yeah Holding so cell. yeah it, it just chills that's where it takes its vacation is in the nerve clusters okay uh and then you have your shedding stage and that's where it can come down and visit so, you prodrome versus shedding so prodrome is where they're just like chilling yes Wait, and then the shedding is do. Yeah, shedding is like when it starts to reactivate. Yeah. Um, so shedding, you might not have an outbreak, but it could be leading up to one. Right. Or um, not necessarily, just could be shedding. Yeah, so sometimes shedding is a precursor to an outbreak. Sometimes it's, it just sheds, okay. um, depending on how strong your immune system is and other factors like that. Okay. Um, without going into the crazy yeah. technical jargon of it all. I'm asking like legit questions too. I'm like, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite uh it's quite a complicated little booger. Yeah. Um HSV HSV2 specifically the f in the first 6 months after an infection of the virus 
can be spread through shedding 20 to 40 percent of days after six months the number drops to five to 20 percent of days um, like i said earlier to my knowledge there is no way to tell if you are shedding up to 70 percent of new infections happen during a shedding cycle hmm. so that's what i'm saying like you know that's why it spreads so rapidly i mean the numbers have changed. I think it was in 91 or 92 HSV, one was affecting uh, one out of three uh, Americans. And now HSV one is uh, every two out of three Americans. Um, I feel like it's pretty common. Yeah. Oh, it's super common. It's more than half the population of America has HSV one. And nearly 30% of the population has HSV-2. Interesting. But like I said, one or two could show up at either location. It does not, uh, they are not mutually, mutually exclusive uh, to a location. Uh, primary infections may not present with any symptoms. And that's something that I know I've said already a couple times, but it is so important to understand is just because you didn't, you know, have a random bump or anything like that doesn't mean that you, you know, don't have HSV. So while I do suggest, uh, contrary to the CDC and Mayo Clinic, uh, you should get tested, but you need to make sure it is an IgG test for the immunoglobulin G. Don't say that to your doctor. They'll get confused. I'm over uh, here, like, withholding my comments. <laughs> like, how are you still my friend? How do you still like me? I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. You give pretty good hugs. That's it? Mm, well, you ask about me, and you wonder about me, and you, you're there for me when I need to talk. You're a pretty awesome person, aside from your rabbit trail brain not even that that's a bad thing that's part of the fun of the roller coasters i love it what are you pouting for are you sure you love it oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding how do you deal with this it's not that bad <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> like it's not that bad. I, I guess you know in your opinion the people i've dated in the past it has been awful because if you think this is actually dealing with anything, like, honey, you need to date more. You have not been out enough. I'm, I'm a good lay. What can I say? I don't know yet. I'm not with you for the lay, but thanks. <laughs> That's a good perk. It is. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Am I a good lay? Yeah. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Back to me. <laughs> uh, HSV is not a particularly dangerous illness. It is lifelong currently. They're working on better treatments and cures, but as of right now, we're kind of stuck. Viruses are incredibly hard to treat, and it's not just HSV, it's HPV, as you mentioned. It is the common cold. There's no cure for the common cold, it is a virus, rhinovirus. It's true. So viruses are hugely difficult to treat. A flu, you can't cure the flu. Um, 
there are treatments that can help suppress and then allow you know boost the immune system to fight you or fight the HSV. Uh, antiviral supplement medications to suppress most viral antiviral medications to suppress the virus most commonly acyclovir, famcyclovir, valacyclovir can be taken during the prodrome state. So like when everything is booting up. Okay. Um, and getting ready for the scary times. Scary times. Um, sometimes during prodrome, you will feel a burning or itching state that occurs before lesions form. So sometimes um, you can feel like down this, like if for HSV1, you could feel like a burning or tingling down the side of your face or around your lips. Okay. And that could be kind of a, a precursor to shedding or uh, an outbreak. Yeah, because you had mentioned before something about when you felt something coming on, and I was wondering what it would be like, so that kind of answered a question I had. Yeah. Um, so for persistent uh, and reoccurring outbreaks, a daily dose of medicine is recommended, but you should always talk to your doctor before taking any kind of medication. Uh, lysine is a common supplement taken to combat HSV-1. It's an herbal supplement. You can get it from pretty much any drugstore. Uh, and you, when you feel that prodrome, when you feel the burning itchy, you start taking that. And it helps boost your immune system and can help keep everything at bay. Or if you have cats, just borrow some of theirs. Is that a common thing? Cats? Yeah. Have <laughs> lysine? give cats lysine. Okay. Yeah. Neat. Yep. So the reality. Ask doctor first. I'm not. <laughs> don't. Don't. Yeah, anyway, don't do that. <laughs> the reality of HSV is that fear and stigma are the most detrimental side effects of this virus. There are a few very rare occurrences of more intense things happening, but uh, it's honestly hardly worth mentioning because they are so rare and easily treatable. So just keep in mind that when someone in your life has come in contact with HSV or tells you that they are HSV positive, be gracious, be understanding, and do some fucking research because shit ain't that bad and it's just a bunch of stigma that really damages people. Yeah, it damages people and it damages lives. And that's what really is fucking sucks and ridiculous. Yeah. So, take care of yourselves. You know, obviously, this is not an excuse not to use protection just because it does not work super great on HSV. Uh, you should always minimize your risks as much as possible. So, have conversations, use your protection, and just be careful out there. It's also a good opportunity to... Get fucking creative with your sex life. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I mean, get, you know, use toys on each other instead of having physical contact. I mean, you can use gloves. You yes. You can use bands. Like, you know, if that offends you, I mean, honestly, honey, you gotta get over it. Yeah. I mean, you gotta make it work. It is what it is. You either live with it, you deal with it, or you don't. Absolutely. You can have a life or you can cause it yourself. It's your choice. Definitely. Just because you have this thing doesn't mean everything is over. Absolutely. 
Well, I think that wraps up for our presentations. We are going to get right to the fact check and see if we can answer some of the questions that we had for each other earlier. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. And it's time for the fact check. Fact check. Fact check section. <laughs> yeah. So I guess at this point we could also do a little banter. Oh, sure. If anyone cares to give a shit about what's yeah. happening with us. <laughs> so yeah. how was your holiday season? Well, honestly, my holiday season was kind of crappy because I had to work through it, but my New Year's was really, really nice and really fun. Good. Because I actually was, I got off work, well, I had to work emergency until 11, but I, well, 11.30, but I still got there before the <laughs> You're just rushing over there. I did. I flew, I had all my, I had my dresses in my car. I just ran over there, some really good friends of ours. Ran to the bathroom, changed, and had a good time. And a um, really fun thing happened after midnight. And hooray, everybody's happy new year. <laughs> I'm kissing Mandy and stuff. And our good friends, um, uh, I'm just not going to say their actual names, but we call, there's one person we call Daddison. <laughs> Daddison. <laughs> um, proposed to our really good friend. And it was really adorable, so it was awesome because I was able to celebrate some of my best friends getting engaged, and yeah. it was really happy and really fun. It was a very happy, special occasion, and it was great because after she got her ring and stuff on, and she was like, oh my god, I want to tell somebody, but everyone I want to tell is here. Right. <laughs> so, we had a great time. I felt, had a cute little party dress, felt really hot. You um, looked really yummy. Yeah. Mandy's over there shaking her head vigorously. Oh, yeah. And see, I wasn't even going to... I wanted to get her home. Yeah, but... Yeah, we had fun. But maybe we'll maybe I'll post a picture. There you go. Yeah, post a picture. That'd be fun. I look pretty hot. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to ask Wheels if I can uh, post a picture of us on there. Oh, you are so cute. Yeah, I yep. saw on Snapchat, and um, Wheels was like, best day ever. And I was yes. like... Wheels and Pierce, I love it. And I was like, hearts emoji, <laughs> you know, doing our happy girly thing. But I had a really, really good new year, and I feel like this past year was, past two years have been absolute shit for me, and this right. past year was really, there was good stuff, a lot of bad stuff, but a lot of life changes, and I'm looking forward to the new year because Hell I'm yeah. going to be moving, starting over kind of on my own. Nice. New house, new place, just me and my animals. Yeah, and... I'm super excited about the new place. That's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, lots of, lots of life changes moving forward, but I'm making decisions for my health and for me and my situation and made some decisions and things are going good. They're civil, but I'm kind of separating on my own. And Hell yeah. Things are going to go good. Yeah. That's cool. A little more seat. You're like, higher holidays. And I'm like, life changes. But... <laughs> you know what? Sometimes it takes a, you know, the end of the year. Part of the holiday is, you know, dealing with these big life changes. You know, usually people want to be like, oh, my resolution. Do, 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 do. No, but I don't do that. Bullshit. For you, it was like, finally, I actually have a new year and a new life to start because I'm finally free of a lot of this bullshit. Yeah, I am free of a lot of. A lot of bullshit and things that were not good for me, my health mentality, and I'm. It's taken me a long time to find self-respect and doing what's best for me. At least I'm now 27, but finally in the right direction, and I have the rest of my life to do what the fuck I want to do. Yay. Hell yeah! 
my uh, Christmas was pretty fun. My parents were in town, so I got to see them for the day. We um, we didn't exchange presents this year, which was beautiful, and I'm so grateful for because I don't like buying presents. Um, yeah. So unless it's something like if, if something strikes me, like right. I'm having something made for wheels, she doesn't know about it yet. Oh, tell me about it. Oh, I will. I'll show you some. I can't wait. My uh, my brother. Um, <gasps> he, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Ooh, yeah. I know it's going to be so, hell awesome. He and I have been playing with some uh, CAD designs, and he's going to mm-hmm. print the uh, print the mold uh, this weekend and see what he can do. It makes me so happy. Yeah, and then New Year's was really fun. Hung out with Wheels, and um, we had our first kiss, and that was mm-hmm. divine. I think is a good word for it. <laughs> Divine. So, um, it was a, it was, it was very, very wonderful, fun. Like hung out with her friends and made some new ones of my own. Um, really, really excited. Like these are like really core people to her life, right. and it was really amazing to be like so welcomed. And they were so much fun and loved hanging out with them. And we got to hang out together to like. I don't know, two thirty, three o'clock in the morning or something like that. Yeah, you texted me at like 2 because I had just walked in the door getting a, I had, we had a DD drive us home. And you're like, I'm on the way home. And like an hour later, you're like, I'm home. And I'm like, what? And I realized you were like an hour away. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what do you mean you just got home? Yeah, we went to one of her friend's house out in that other part of town. Yeah. So yeah, it was really cool. I had a really, really fun time. And I, I'm actually going to be photographing her tomorrow. Oh, Tell me about that later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're in gonna the, in the shop you had talked about. Yes, <gasps> I okay, think we're yeah. gonna we're gonna try some of that out, and then we're gonna come back here and shoot some of my studio. Um, and what then, time? I want to be. I don't know. I, I don't know. I gotta talk to her. Of course, probably. I fucking work one thirty to seven thirty. God damn it. Yeah. We'll probably be done with the shooting by then, but maybe you can come over and watch a movie or something. You guys can come over. That'd, That'd be, be cool. Fucking awesome. Yeah. A little double date action. <gasps> Please, yes. I like how like you had texted me and you're like, don't get mad if I kiss him first. And I was like, you do you. <laughs> you do you. I won't even be jealous. I'm all about that. I'm supporting that. Hell yeah. Yes. So, all right. Now to the actual fact check. Yeah. Let me pull this up. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Pierce was asking, and I feel silly like I had done this all this research a few weeks ago, but... I hadn't made certain notes about certain things. Pierce had asked what certain strains cause with with HPV. Sorry, let me tell what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, so there are specific types. It looks like, yes, there are over 100 types of strains. Oh, and we are on a website called stdcheck.com, and this is a blog about herpes versus uh, HPV. And it says, yep, over 100 different types of HPV. Um, most are harmless. That's why most people have it, but don't even fucking know. But the one that caused genital warts is treatable, but type 6, 11, 16, and 18 are the strains of HPV that are known for causing cervical cancer. Well, cancer of the cervix, vagina, vulva, and anus, but mainly cervical cancer. Uh, type 16 and 18 alone are responsible for around... 70% of cervical cancer in types 6 and 11 account for about 90% of genital warts among HPV infections. Pierce was asking about that. So that is the answer for that one. 
So it also notes here that 75 to 80% of the population has HPV. Yes, it is so common. So I'm like yelling because I just didn't know. This is insane. Like I, I mean, my pap smear was normal, but it just blows my mind. I'm like, I, I could have this and not, and not know. Right. Like, I mean, I was chill in June, but shit happened. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, this also uh, makes a note that 90% of the population has HSV-1 and about 16% has HSV-2. So I think I said upwards of 30% has two. And this was published in April 2018. And every day there's new information and new statistics and facts every day. So as of April 2018, these are some of these facts. I looked it up, and it is uh, Michael Douglas who claims that uh, his wife's HPV gave him throat cancer. But um, the article that I read uh, said nothing about the validity or any kind of tests or anything like that. It was just a claim. Yeah, because there's no actual test for HPV. Right. It's just in a pap smear for women specifically. They see an alter- a difference in the cells in the tissue sample that they take. That's so weird. It's so bizarre. Hmm. There's no test. So, like, it's a good speculation because in my research it showed that with men, like, throat cancer, because if you're doing oral sex and you come in contact with, you know, a cluster or an outbreak of the virus, and it apparently will attach and attack, like, your throat, back of your throat, yep. soft palate, tongue. Yeah. So, hard to prove that for sure, but that's a good speculation. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the things that we had noted to uh, fact check. So unless you have anything else to add, I think we can wrap it up. You should always wrap it up. Oh, yeah, for Just sure. Just be safe. But yep. no, I think that's it. Don't be don't be afraid of condoms, dental dams, gloves, no. and other such fun no. barriers. And I want to add, please be safe. I know that a lot of men are so whiny and we're like, oh, but I can't feel anything. Oh, the condom. <laughs> That's when I'm like, motherfucker, make things more interesting and you will be stimulated and excited and then it won't matter. I've never... Fuck you, don't care. Never once complained about a condom. I'm just happy to be getting fucked. Exactly. Like, think about what actually matters in the situation. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to enjoy sex so much more if I know that I'm, you know, having the best practices, the safest practices I can. There's no such thing as safe sex, but safer sex is always a goal to strive for. Yes. Well, in conclusion, I'd like to remind everybody that they can go to letsgetchecked.com and use the code BOOTYITBB and get 20% off of tests for home STI testing. Yes. And as we always like to say, please message us email us and we're most active we'll try and be more active but it gets checked pretty often on instagram we do have twitter things like that but the main source to reach us will probably be instagram or you can email us um we have a gmail it's bootyitbb at gmail.com so same as discount code b-o-o-t-y-i-t-b-b at gmail.com send us a shout Please message us on Instagram. We want to hear from you and your opinions. It's booty in the Bible belt on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, our email is booty at bb 
um, hashtag booty at BB, but it is booty in the Bible belt on Instagram. Excellent. Well, we hope everybody has fun, consensual orgasms with themselves or someone else. Yeah. Take care.